Hey, good morning. What's going on? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is Saturday the 13th of August 2022. What a beautiful morning, man. I got quite the story to tell you folks now. This has been uh, a, a pretty zany week. Pretty zany couple weeks, you know. It wasn't long. I, all I had to talk about was the beautiful vacation that I went on. <clears throat> I told you that I'd tell you about the three parts of my vacation where you, in fucking uh, Mount Desert Island or MDI. It's a peninsula, actually, not a fucking island. But I remember I had you got Bar Harbor to the north, you got Acadia to the center, and then all the way down south, you have the quiet side. That's where we stayed, had a great fucking time. Awesome vacation to Maine. I told you I was going to tell you about Bar Harbor. It was the last thing that I uh, that I wanted to cover. And Bar Harbor's a cool little coastal town. It's uh, got all the decent eateries and stuff right around there. Coffee shops, fucking restaurants and things like that. It's really nice views of a beautiful harbor and a freaking island that you can walk across to. And it's called Bar Island. Bar Harbor, Bar Island. A bunch of, a bar is like a little, little dash of an island. A small fucking rectangular island, right? So it's pretty beautiful. Other than that, it's a bunch of freaking t-shirt and tchotchke shops, and you get bored of it after a couple days, I, I figure. But it's about what they got going on. It's a touristy place in Maine, a, uh, the most, the least populated state in the freaking entire country, and uh, one of those beautiful, natural places that you can go on these coasts. Probably the, the most beautiful. So go ahead and check out Make Maine your next family vacation spot. It is freaking beautiful. Wear your bug spray and get your fucking hiking shoes out and hiking poles. Okay, so let's get to the story, the meat and potatoes here. This is a substantial one. We're going to be talking for the next 45 minutes as I head home from New Jersey. So that's right. I'm driving as usual. It, it helps me think. I think when I drive and I'm talking, so that helps me express myself as well, right? So here I am on Route 130, heading um, it's back to the Pennsylvania Turnpike, Route 276. I just dropped a friend off. Right? I told you about my friend who was uh, suffering from some addition, uh, some from some addiction issues has for a long time, this is his most recent stint in rehab, and declares himself to be a changed man, after doing 60 days clean, he is going to go home, you know, he's going to start his pathway back to some kind of normal life, productive life, where he doesn't uh, hurt himself his addiction and of course everyone else around him that loves him so for the next last two weeks since I've been home from that vacation to Maine it's been somewhat chaotic it's been very fulfilling as well because my friend needed someone to talk to and somebody he he, he, uh, shared things in common with and and that's me we grew up together in the Pine Barrens New Jersey we had endless adventures countless good times that uh, 
I'll remember for the rest of my life and that made me, in part, the human being that I am today. So I owed him just to spend time, just to, you know, talk to him and to listen to him. And we took some great little hikes around local parks and, um, we talked and I bought him some breakfast last, this time last week. Remember that? Maybe you don't. Went to Sammy's Bullfrog Cafe and otherwise I just helped him around the area that I live in because that's where he was staying also for his rehab so I feel like I got him through it I helped him out maybe was an ingredient in the recipe for his success successfully kicking his problems challenges with addiction which were substantial and fucking life shattering so so I feel very relieved to have helped him and to see him doing better and I'm hopeful and this morning's mission was to was to drop him off in, in New Jersey met another friend nice enough to come out and meet me halfway so this didn't turn into a four hour trip for me so now I'm just heading home saw my other buddy again he was like the like our ringleader our our alpha from back in the day and I just gave him a hug told him I loved him and thanked him for coming out and what a great friend man what an awesome person that guy is both of these guys I know that if I was in need that they would be there for me and uh Obviously, I would return a favor. It's important. These are the important things in life. While the rest of all the things that you think that you need to balance, all that you need to balance in your life, when it comes to helping a friend, stepping away from your family and your business and all the little, you know, comfort, you know, your little come back from your little family vacation and this is what you have to a problem you have to help solve it was worth my time and my love and my effort and my patience to to do this so that's a good story and I hope it gets even better when my friend rises above these addiction problems and stands on top of that that figurative hill victorious I know he can do it. I believe in him. One of the craziest motherfuckers I've ever met. And he's still that way. And I just hope he's crazy enough and smart enough and innovative enough, crafty enough to um, kill this demon and then show other people how he did it. Because addiction is widespread, my friends. Everybody's got something going on. That's my story... uh, Continues. You're going to hear more about that. Just let me gas up real quick there, okay? Wait one. All right, I'm back at it. Had to stop in this Wawa here. Take a little piss. 
good people watching. Check out a Wawa. Nine o'clock in the morning. People carrying coffees out. People coming and going. SUVs hauling jet skis. Tesla's freaking charging up over here. You try to figure out how to get back on the highway. But these places always seem to be fucking such a goat rope. You got 10 cars waiting in line for to put air in their tires. How does fucking air in the summertime, the 90 degree heat, how are your tires low? You know, what's going on with you guys? That there's fucking four people waiting in line. People pulling in gigantic $60,000, fucking Suburbans, Jeep Navigators and all that stuff. You know, Jeep Navigator is looking at mid-sized, mid-sized fucking SUVs, mid to long to, to full-size SUVs for my wife to replace her Acadia. And a fucking Jeep Navigator, I think it's a Lincoln Navigator. Whatever the biggest fucking Jeep they have right now is, it's like a com competitor with this with the Suburban. It's like the top of the line is like a hundred thousand dollar car. Get the fuck out of here with these gigantic fucking luxury SUVs. They're just they're not necessary to me. Who the hell would buy that? Who would just buy a Jeep? for $100,000 or even $60,000. You know, these vehicles, they started as like utilitarian fucking vehicles, you know, like a short wheelbase, uh, kind of short, squatty freaking Jeep. Think about the Jeeps in World War II, like MASH, MASH 4077, right? How do we go from that to, okay, you got a Jeep Wagoneer. Maybe that's what it is. It's a Jeep Wagoneer. Yeah, like a hundred thousand dollars, seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollar car. No way. I digress. So, back on the highway now. Past a toll booth there. Toll booths. How about how about toll booths? Or in Jersey, they pump your gas. That there's people. You know, that was one of my first jobs. So, I was a uh, worked at a shell station. Rode my bike to that job. I didn't know too much about cars at the time, so I didn't know where to fucking, you know, sometimes back in the day, somebody pulls in a big caddy, the gas tank is on the gas cap is underneath the license plate. <laughs> you gotta know how to do that. You're supposed to check everybody's oil. You're supposed to wipe everybody's windshield, and then the guy barked at me because I, he, he had put Rain-X on it. I ruined his windshield treatment. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Fuck you. Alright, just some observances. So back to my story problem. I know it bounced around a lot. If you don't like that, fuck you. Crazy fucking week. First thing that's zany that happened, okay? My mother and father got remarried. You want some juicy shit? You want some fucking 
you want some uh, tasty morsels, some gossip to chew on, my mother and father got remarried. Candidly, my mother divorced my father like 10 years ago. Lived her best life after she took half his shit, moved five minutes down the road, still hung out with him, went over, still was in the habit of doing everything for him, so went over and cooked and cleaned and made sure everything was squared away. That was nice of her. But she just wanted to be free. She just wanted to be able to go out and do whatever. Go dancing, you know, date, you know, be swept off her feet again. Some sort of love, loving, meaningful relationship. And my father is not a perfect man, but he's a good man. I was typically lean to my father's side of things just because he was very little trouble, very little drama. Just a good guy. Maybe a little bit passive. So I felt bad for my dad when she divorced him and she, you know, of course, took his shit. Moved five minutes down the road. He has a health concern a couple years ago. He had a AFib and then a stroke. Caused by the meds, caused by the AFib, caused by whatever. That rung his bell pretty good. Full strength, but he's cognition is not what it could be, not what it was, but all of a sudden he's become like, yes honey, and my my mother convinced him to get remarried, I have no idea why that was, but I don't think it's for love, I don't know what it is, I don't, these people don't have they're not sitting on top of a pile of money or resources or anything like that, so I'm not saying she's a gold digger. But it just kind of like adds insult to injury. Because I know that if he was of his right mind, like the man I knew two years ago, he wasn't thinking about getting remarried. He would have told her to go pound sand. I hope that they're in love. I hope that they live many more years together. And in holy matrimony. But I think it's something's fucking fishy. And I don't even want to talk. I don't I mean good luck good luck to them. But it just it just tipping. Where there might be a lack of drama, let's let's get married again. I think it's it's gotta be some for some sort of administrative means. Some sort of you know, I'm gonna control your estate after death and make sure that because my father's 70 some 77 years old. You know, he's, he's, he's moving toward the end of his life. Everybody should just be happy. That's all that's all I really care about. But that fucking annoyed me a little bit. If I'm honest, that kind of was like a little detail. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. It's been a little bit too quiet up there for a while. I caught fucking the little bird shared with me that this might be happening. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, you know? So that was fucking weird. How about that tasty lick? Uh, that freaking juicy morsel. Then, as I stated, I've been dealing with my friend. Love him. He's crazier than a fucking shithouse rat. I, I hope that he can find sobriety and find some sort of meaningful path in his life, he's talented, out the fucking wazoo, man, as I shared with you not too long ago, can make anything, 
build anything, fix anything, fabricate anything. He can he can tinker with his life and make it great. In the you know 30, 40 years left that maybe we have a life. Right? None of us are getting any fucking younger. I don't ponder these things so much, but when I, I drive around and, you know, I'm reunited temporarily with my friends and, you know, we're all pushing 50. You know, this is a downward slope, my friends. Hinges get rustier. You know? Your anatomy and physiology starts to decline a little bit. This is about the time when your, your vehicle... The, you know, the fucking check engine light comes on. Whereas for decades, we've been just running like a top. Hopefully we've done enough in our lives, or are doing enough, to set ourselves up for some kind of, you know, to make it all worth it. So someday, whether it's retirement or whatever, you know, we can sit back a little bit and enjoy the fruits of our labor. But, as I said earlier when I pulled into the Wawa, there's a lot of dysfunction, there's a lot of a lot of addiction in this world. A lot of people, just in the past couple weeks, you know, I've, there's a lot of fucking people in my life, people that I know that have all kinds of problems, you know. One of my patients, this young guy, he's got this job where he does this really risky thing where he climbs these, climbs these big towers and works on like your cell phone technologies up there. You have to climb, you know, you hook yourself in and you climb to the top of this tower these things that they often disguise as trees along the highway. Like I'm looking at one right now. Big microwave tower. And he works on these things. And pretty crazy job. Not a lot of people can do or would like to do. And it's a young man's game, obviously. So they train these guys up and they probably pay him fairly well. But it's a risky thing. He, he shares with me that there's some guy that, you know, they, they can't do it this week because there's not enough people, workers one guy left, one guy relapsed, he said it in a way like, well, yeah, one guy relapsed, he said it in like a knowing way, I'm like, oh, okay, what do you mean relapsed, but yeah, you know, he, he's an addict, and he, he left, and this other guy, something happened with him, and guy would later share with me that he's an addict, young guy, you know, you get a lot of people in this line of work, because nobody, you know, they don't, nobody really um, wants to fucking climb a 150-foot tower. <laughs> nobody wants to do that kind of shit. So it's got to be people who live on the edge. It's be like my friend I just dropped off. He'd wind up doing something like that. And they're all so forgiving. They'll maybe overlook the fact that you are, uh, you know, you have a checkered past as long as you climb that fucking pole. Another friend, you know, his wife's having problems, drinking too much. 
people doing drugs and drinking too much. And I had a guy come in yesterday, he's eating too much. Guy old enough to be my father, he, you know, been on this like healthy living kick for, for a long time. Falling on, uh, getting on the horse, falling off, getting back on, trying, getting old, getting fat. Said that he just wanted a salad. He goes to the fucking buffet somewhere where he just wanted a store, he just wanted a salad. And they said, no, you can't just get a salad. You have to, you know, there's like one price, let's say it's 15 bucks, I don't know. And you get to go to, to the buffet. And in that buffet, it's fucking good. Like, right? You can stack all this shit on your plate. Imagine that. You know what I'm talking about. It's like a, a good grocery store or like a Hennings or something or a, or a uh, uh, what's the other one? Wegmans. You go in there and they've got a buffet. You can fucking eat everything from tofu to fried chicken to, you know, orzo salad. So this guy basically shared that he only wanted was a salad, but he went in there and he fucking went to town. And he did it a few times. Started doing this and he, he gained a lot of weight. And I'm looking at this man and I you know I love him. I'm thinking, man, this guy, he can't stop fucking eating. People can't stop fucking whether it's drugs or fucking alcohol or food or sugar, or stress, or internet, or sex, or whatever you're into, everybody's got some sort of poison, you know, that they're in pursuit of. It makes me ponder, you know, because they're trying to offload their own stresses, right, and things that people are dealing with, particularly over the past couple years, you know, I've got a lot of, some of my patients are therapists, teachers will tell you as well. People are fucking wigging out. You know, the mental health of this nation and this world, but particularly this nation, where we've gone crazy. And we're looking for ways to just kind of give us a little bit of a, a dopamine fix, a little bit of a feel-good thing. So it's a Netflix show or or it's uh, engorging ourselves at a buffet, or it's a six-pack at the end of the day. It makes me, you know, really search my own mind and my own problems, challenges in life, and how I think about how I... makes me consider how I feel at the end of a day or a week when I'm know, had some stresses or whatever, and I just want, how am I going to treat that, what am I going to do, you know, I like to say I go home and I, uh, I meditate or something, or that I go on a walk every time if I'm ever stressed, you know, it's not the case, you know, pick up a four pack of my favorite IPA, I'll have a couple of those, I'll hit the rack, just want to sleep sometimes, or exercise is one of the things I've been doing. Again, there are other um, challenges in life. All of a second, my friend. Sorry for that interruption. That was my lovely wife. 
everything's good. So, what have we covered thus far? My parents got remarried. My uncle, let me share with you this. Uh, so, my, my fucking parents got remarried, craziness. My, um, my friend with the drug addiction, I just carried out the ultimate handoff. He's doing better. Helping him out, that's great. The third, I mentioned about the guy with the uh, the eating issue, and I, I'm not done with that story yet. Also, want to talk about now our uncle, my wife's uncle, her father's brother. He passed. Told you a little bit about him. Guy's fucking awesome. Good dude, kind. You know, just like his brother, just like the rest of his kids, my wife and and her brothers. And, they're really good, wholesome, smart, talented, wonderful people. And I'm so I'm so honored to have have married into this family. As I often say, I married up. I really feel like I married up. Because there's just a lot of goodness, a lot of like I belong with these people. And Uncle Vincent, he was the freaking man. He came from nothing, lived in a fucking kingdom. Grew up very poor in Brooklyn. You know, got an education. He was really good at math. Became an actuary. Worked for insurance companies. Became fucking a manager, a CEO, a chairman. He was a fucking very successful in business. Like all of us. You know, there were some challenges in his personal life over the years. And challenges in business and all kinds of stuff. Lost his brother ten years ago, you know. But the silver lining there was that it grew, you know, we grew very close. And Uncle Vincent and his wife Maureen, we have been—they've been like another set of grandparents to my kids and and, a, and dear friends to us. You know, we spent a lot of time together. Those vacations that I talk about in Michigan and in Florida and all that, they make all that stuff possible, you know, we're staying with them, and I, and, and they, they took us in for six fucking months, while our house was being built, you know, ten years ago, so we bonded at that time, and they, they were just wonderful people, they made a lot of sacrifices to help us and support us, and do that with a lot of people. I feel like, you know, trying to keep the wolf away from other people's door. You know, they've done that. They've taken in all kinds of people with problems. People that needed help. People that needed money. People that needed, you know, resources, counsel. You know, because they were doing well in life. And they got to a point where they had some extra time and some extra money to look after other people who are struggling. And so, fuck, the guy passed away. He had brain cancer for two years, suffered tremendously. Uh, and we had his funeral yesterday. So, a lot of things going on this, this, this week. 
finally come to an end. Uncle Vincent's funeral was great. I spoke at the luncheon, said some kind words, as did a lot of people, a lot of love there, 100 people or more, celebrating the life of this guy. Um, we had it at a huge Catholic church, and, you know, I'm not a very religious guy, but I was reading, you know, they said, okay, open up there, you're hymnal to page 39 fucking verse whatever, this is the song we're going to sing, so I was singing my son was next to me, we were singing I was humming, I know all that our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name you know, all that shit, I know all that shit we all know that shit and so, even though I'm not a religious person myself I'm very spiritual for them, because they're very devout Catholics you know, I stepped up to the plate and honored them, and, and I hope that Uncle Vincent is in an afterlife right now, looking down on me, saying, Aaron, it's all true, you know, uh, God loves you, and you need to worship him and, and believe the whole story, because, you know, I'm up here in heaven. I hope Uncle Vincent is in heaven, and he's reunited with his brother with his mother and father and with anyone he's ever lost in his life and everybody's got big smiles on faces and they're all looking over you know holding hands and looking down watching over us my family my children I'll remember this guy until the day I die keep him in my head and heart that's as far as I go you know keep this person in my head and in my heart for the rest of my life, carry him around with me. The preacher at this very large, ornate church, very wealthy church, I'm going to say, because it's in a wealthy part of town, just the sheer size of it. This preacher was laying it on thick, man. Talking about how the church, like this physical location, you know, the stained glass, the, all these things, these, these are not of this world. The, the pulpit, the, you know, the shrine, whatever, the cross, these things are not of this world. They are our, our way to communicate about the afterlife. About, you know, you know, to communicate with God. This is like the doorway. Like he, he's basically saying you have to come to church because this is where you're going to find God. Well, I thought the church was could be found anywhere. I thought you're, you know, you could be in a field. You could be, you know, sitting on a couch at home, and that could be your church. You could worship. You could believe from anywhere. I'm sure that preacher would ultimately say that that priest rather. Would ultimately say yes, that's true in a way. But you know, we have everything. I think it's great that you have all your your cool accoutrements, your stained glass, and your little smoky thing on chains that you you know issue sacraments with. And the, he's talking about the, the cloth that you put over the casket is symbolic of this and passing into from this world into the next. And all these little things that we do, I feel like to to try to console the living. And also to, you know, in, in this effort to 
get into the next life, which is going to be a better life. You know, I would love to believe that too, that, hey, this is all just... But I love life. I love my life. I love the people in it. Most of them. You know, I enjoy going into the world every day and trying to do some good. And even the things that you hear me complain about or the stresses that I will discuss, you know, we all have them. You know, they're just an opportunity to overcome something in a way. Imagine if we had no stresses, no concerns, no crazy stories to tell. I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have anything to rise above or laugh about later or a story to tell. So I like this life. I like this world. I like that, you know, as I was talking about that James Webb space telescope, I like the things that we're learning about the the multiverse beyond and how we really are insignificant in the greater scheme of things. Yet we think we, we have... We, we like to think that we are the center of it all. You know, this, pre, this uh, priest was talking about how that, how humans think we're like, it's all about us. And it does feel like that, you know, people. A lot of people feel like, you know, you look around, there's a lot of selfish people, no doubt. seems like we're all about our stuff, you know, our Jeep Wagoneers, or our Amazon packages, or our schedules, we're we're very self-important, you know, but I think the church, collectively, religion, it's also about that, too. It's like, hey, we are so special. We are God's chosen people. And we're all sinners, so it's all right. You know, he died for our sins. You don't need to suffer. So don't you worry about it. You just try to be as good as you can be, and you pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ, and you're good. You know, just be at ease, because you can't help yourself. You're a sinner. You're not good enough. You're powerless. You need faith and so while respecting this and honoring our deceased loved one caring about him so much and hoping that that's the biblical tales are all truth fact I think I want it for them and I want it for me and anybody else I want everybody to do well but I don't believe that shit for a moment. I've heard it before. Okay? I'll tell you, this is going to be my my final uh, topic here. I fucking lost it on a guy yesterday. A guy whom I love. Came in to see me in my office. Helping him with various things, listening to him, caring for him. But after the addiction topic, being thoroughly, having thoroughly gone through the ringer with that, helping my friend, 
not the physical efforts, but the emotions. And having lost my my loved one and visiting all those emotions and all the people in that room who were bereaved, bereaving, you know, suffering in a way, sad, but happy to be together, happy to celebrate and say something good and hope for this guy, his eternal life. And just pondering even briefly my parents' second matrimony and just the silliness of things. And maybe, and again, I'm happy for them. But all that. This guy was like the last straw, man. He's talking to me about a lot of things. Laying a lot of things on me that are not anything that I need to know. They're not anything that pertains to... They, they might be stresses or things that, that he's dealing with. But a lot of it was TMI. I won't get into the details. But it was TMI. Like proselytizing. Like, he was like... Jumping around from this topic to that topic, as he does, and I, I usually tolerate it. I usually take it right on the chin and just love on the guy. But there had been, again, with all the other things that I had on my plate and all the other people that were needing my, my, you know, genuine attention and my being there for them. And now this guy just laying on so thick. telling me things that I, I I did not fucking need to know were irrelevant to musculoskeletal healthcare. We start talking about lifestyles, healthy eating. Says something to the effect of I think a vegetarian diet is the best diet. Now here's this, this gentleman was struggling with maintaining a healthy lifestyle himself, admittedly. And so I don't know why he's talking to me about his views on diet. I mean, I'd be having help, but it was almost, again, like proselytizing, like telling me, oh, I think that actually a vegetarian diet or even a vegan diet would be the best, best bet probably the healthiest way, to which I agree. He said, it's not, that's, look, it's not because of the animals, because animals, um, I know that they don't have souls, and so they're, and they're, they're basically there for our use and consumption. And I said, what? This is the last fucking straw. Okay? For weeks, I listened to my friend talk to me about how this rehab technique or this approach like AA and we talked a little bit about rehab, AA and NA Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous they have a, a significant Christian bent that basically have people 
throwing themselves up on their knees and just saying, you know, I, I, I've got a terrible problem, Lord. I need your help. I'm powerless. I'm always going to be a sinner like this. I'm always going to be an addict because once an addict, always an addict. This is a disease you have forever. I understand why he would object to that. But I had to hear all of his his philosophy about, you know, what was right for him. And I'm thinking, man, told him. Beggars can't be choosers, bro. If you got to fucking become a goddamn Scientologist or a Branch Davidian or a goddamn Hindu whatever, you got to sell your soul to the devil in order to rise above this addiction. And that's what you got to do right now. Because your life is falling apart. So I had to take in all that. And now here's this other guy who's telling me that animals, his diet is based, you know, yeah, he doesn't eat animal products, but it's not because I like the animals. It's because they don't have souls. And therefore, you know, they're just there for our use and, uh, and consumption. They're there for us. They don't have souls. I said, are you fucking kidding me with this? Where did you... Who taught you that? Where did you learn this? Bullshit. I said, get the fuck out of here with this nonsense. He started, well, sometimes people feel like they have, you know, they're, um, they have a family pet and they're very close with that family pet. Almost like, like man's best friend, you know, but when an animal dies, their flesh, it just rots away. Uh, you know, whereas we have a soul and our soul will go on. Our body may decay, but our soul will live on. Animals don't do that. They, they just die. I said, bro, where, where do you fucking... Is this scientific? Like, where where is this shit from? And I was started fucking as he tried to explain himself. I was just fucking seething, man. Like I had had it. I had had hearing the fucking like talking at me. It's my job to listen, right? And I do it well and I do it willingly and I love people. I love it. But I listen to a lot of this stuff. And this, you know, this one individual where the, the, conversations are typically one way talking to me about some other, I mean, there was all kind of shit that went on, talking about how my children in their teen years if they bring anybody home, a boyfriend or girlfriend, you ask that that would be, you know, person that their, their love interest, if they're a virgin, and if they're not a virgin they say they're not a virgin, well, then you send them packing. It's my job to do that. Bro, who, who are you to tell me how to fucking father? Come in with all this fucking bullshit, with this Bible-banging bullshit about all kinds of shit. So you eat according to the, di- to the, the dietary fucking recommendations of Jesus Christ? I fucking went off on him, man. I said, are you fucking, are you out of your mind with this stuff? 
You know there's like 6,000 religions throughout history? There's probably more. Thousands of religions. And you're the one is, that is correct. All these other religions are false. And your book says that animals are just fucking cannon fodder. We just eat them. And not because, yeah, everybody know you know about my bogey boy. I can't wait to see him when I get home. I love that guy. He's my man. Yes, I love him. Yes, I'm a dog lover. But even agriculturally, you're going to tell me that you don't fucking wind up at a, at a red light next to a, one of these big tractor trailers that's full of pigs and their little pink bodies are pressed against the little perforations in the, in the trailer. You don't see those cattle, you know, being offloaded or, you know, I see this, tell you before about this place, JBS, it's a meatpacking plant right down the street from me after they kill all these cattle, they take all the fucking shit that they're not going to use for steaks and burgers and all the skin and all the cartilage and all the joints and stuff and they grind it up and they, they throw it in the back of a truck like an open-top truck, and then this thing bounces down the road to this rendering plant where they do whatever. They boil it down, they take the oil out, they do something with that. Maybe they make dog food with the, with the stuff. Sure, we consume it or use it in some way, as we should if we're going to use the entire animal, you know, the entire resource. Let's, let's do it. Let's take everything. Fucking leather out of the hide. They take the fur or do something with it. I don't know. But they'll feed pieces of, like, cow parts and shit. And ear, ears and fucking tails and shit. <clears throat> Unspeakable things laying in the road as I'm driving down Allentown Road. You know, it's if you don't look at these things and say, you know what, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, it doesn't make me, doesn't, you know, whet my appetite. If you think that just animals are there, whether we're talking about, you know, they're just there to be our pets, to be our companions, you know, a shepherd might have a favorite sheep that he plays with, but at the end of the day, he's still going to have to, you know, take the sheep's wool and kill it and make it, and, and sure, I, I, I understand, I understand all this, I ate a fucking pork schnitzel for my anniversary dinner last night, it's another thing. Yesterday was our anniversary, and at the end of a long day, this is what I'm telling my wife about this shit, how I go off with this guy, the last patient of the day. But it's, I just found it, like, absolutely ridiculous. It was, it was like a bridge too far, man. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm a realist. I live in this world. I eat animal products. I'm not perfect. Don't tell me some bullshit. Don't try to drive some bullshit down my throat while you want me to take care of you. But you're going to come in here and proselytize and talk to me about how I should raise my kids... 
and how I should eat when you're obviously struggling in this capacity you're going to tell me that you can eat animal products it's okay because animals don't have souls so we just they're here for us talk about being um, selfish talking about like a, a myopic view of, of this world of life you know human based selfish kind of view we think it's all about us we're just going to take all these fucking animals that you look at you know you look at them in the fucking eyes they have the same senses as we do three S's and two T's sight, sound, smell, taste and touch think that these people don't know, these entities, they don't know, that they don't know religion like us, they can't know God, they're just led to the slaughter, we are God's chosen, and these animals are for us, my friend, uh, I was just taken over to Jersey, he said that his grandma used to say, you know, God put the fossil fuels in the ground for us to use. So we need to use them. <laughs> you know, it's like this is the level that people think on. Like this is this is the the frequency that people are tuning into. Rather than facts, rather than trying to learn across their lives, human beings get to a level of like education or, you know, specific levels in, in, in school, right? It's K through 12. Maybe they go to college. And they, they just stop learning. They think, this is everything that I need to know. I, everything I needed to know, I've learned. So new information, it really doesn't matter that much. You know, the year 2022, we have fucking everybody on their hip. They've got a... We're like cyborgs. We can tap into the internet and learn anything about anything. They'd rather think with their gut. They'd rather declare that animals have no souls. You know, I'm going to Google that. I'm going to end on that note. I'm going to Google, do animals have souls? And I bet you I come up with a bunch of shit. First, it's going to be... Actually, in that search criteria, I predict the... Uh, seven out of ten are going to be, you know, animal rights organizations that are going to be fucking railing against organized religion and this assertion, this nutty assertion that uh, animals don't have souls. And then maybe three of those are going to be actual, like, where does it say this? You know, all of them are going to cite that, you know, this passage in the Bible that says, uh, you know, animals don't have souls, so, you know, we can just do what we want. It's fucking craziness. But this is the shit, like I said, this is the intelligence of, of people. We've got all this horsepower right between our eyes, all this ability to crunch numbers, to do the math, to understand, to grow, to learn, to change. And we can't do it. Or you don't want to do it. 
It's one thing if you can't do it, if you lack the capacity. Like an animal would lack the capacity, as far as we know, to understand what their role in this world is. Like, should they be in a pasture? Um, or should they be in a... What's happening now when I get uh, loaded onto a truck and sent to a slaughterhouse? Maybe they don't get it. Maybe they, they don't know until, you know, we put that fucking bullet into them or whatever the hot shot is or that you electrocute them with and, and then they're just on a fucking conveyor belt. We gut them and hook them and cut them and, and then we consume them and we're just fucking flesh consumers and this is the norm, you know, this is what we do. Again, I'm going to go fucking have some, some eggs, maybe some sausage on this Saturday morning fucking extremist when it comes to the way I live my life. Realist, but anyway, so that's the shit that I've had going on this week. It's a considerable amount of stuff, and as I drive this last five miles down fucking Ridge Road, it needs to be paved very badly. I look forward to seeing my bogey boy and having him squirm around and jump up on me and play and spending some time with them, and my wife finally gets back from all of the shit that she's going to be doing today, driving people around and doing this, that, and the other thing, I hope to spend some time with her, and properly observe our 16 years of marital marital bliss together, she's a, a good woman and a great person, who uh, I lucked out in finding and marrying built a lot of good things, so, together, so, here's to 16 more, have a good day, everyone, huh!